Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in child and family therapy, and every week I answer one of your real-life questions, offering you some psychological information, some evidence base, and useful strategies and ideas that you might want to try out. Before we begin, I always like to give you a little moment to pause, something us parents get so rarely. And because I'm doing this just before we begin a new year, I want you to have a think, not about a New Year's resolution, because I'm not a great fan of those, but something that you want to maintain. Think of one thing that you want to keep up this year. It can be as simple as having a five minute break to have a hot drink, or even listening to this podcast every week. It does not have to be a really big thing, but just think, What is one thing that you may have done or started and you want to keep up? And how can you keep doing that in this next new year? And once you've got that, let's begin. Today's question is about when children interrupt adult conversations and what we should do about it. So let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. Um, Just a really simple question about my four-year-old. We are finding it really difficult to um, stop her from interrupting a conversation. Um, She will regularly jump in um, and wants to always be the person talking. <laughs> We've always been very engaged with her um, and uh, encouraged her to talk to adults and talk to us. Um, however, we're finding at the moment that it's really difficult to have a conversation with anyone else without her jumping in and really trying to get our attention. So my question to you is, um, how can we encourage our daughter to listen to other people and and sort of to understand those social cues better. Um, Be grateful for some advice on this. Thank you very much. Oh, you know, children interrupt because it's part of being a child and they are going to keep doing so until they learn not to. But that learning is both developmental and something that we teach and it takes a lot of time. And there's this really famous saying that I'm not going to say perfectly, but I'm sure most of you will have heard, that says something like, if you don't listen to children when they talk to you about the little things, they're not going to tell you about the big things either, because to them, the little things were always big. And that saying to me is so true, particularly in the early years for children up to around the age of 
eight, but you know, beyond that too. Children have this need so often to talk to us about things that are really important to them. It's really important that they say it and they say it now. And their brain has not developed the capacity or the better word for it is buffer to be able to pause that impulse. Because the same way that they're incredibly impulsive with behavior, they are incredibly impulsive with their words. And so when they have something to say, they need to say it right now not in 10 minutes and not in an hour, because that's too long to wait. And also at this age, they're not gonna be able to hold it in their brain. So if you say to them, tell me, you know, in 10 minutes, first of all, they don't understand the concept of time. Secondly, by the time that you're like, okay, I'm ready to talk, tell me what you were gonna say, they're gonna say, I have nothing to say to you. The moment has passed. And this is really tricky for us as adults to comprehend fully, because our brains are not the same as a child's brain. They're not many adults. And one of the things that they experience in a very powerful way is that they live in the here and now. So their every single moment by moment of their day is experienced fully. And I think that's something that as adults, we don't comprehend because it's like having to do mindfulness all day. And I, you know, I work with parents, I see lots of adults in therapy alongside their children, and one of the things that comes out every time is that doing something mindful, being present in the moment, is so difficult for us. And I'm saying us because I find it difficult too. It's a practice. We call things like mindfulness and being in the present moment a practice, a skill. And it's actually something that we lose through our brain development because we live in the future and we often live in our past and we live thinking about what we're going to do next. Children don't do that. Children live here and right now. And that is why it is so important as parents that we try and work with our children to think about interrupting not as a misbehavior, but as something that is both a part of their childhood and something that we need to support them with. Because teaching children not to interrupt, first of all, means beginning with us, and I'm going to begin there. What are we modeling in conversations with our child and in conversations with others is really key in order to develop these social norms of not interrupting conversations. And it's also about teaching children tools so that they can wait their turn. And remembering as adults that waiting our turn when it comes to a child is about building patience. And patience is a lifelong skill. It's a skill I know many adults do not have because I have lots of friends who have zero patience. So for example, if we're on a holiday and we're doing something, they'll be the first ones to be ready and they'll be out of the door before other people are ready because they're just in a rush and we're losing time. They're adults and they're really struggling to do the social norms or the social respectful thing of saying, I'm on holiday with my friends, so I'm gonna wait for my friends because being with them is more important than rushing out the door. So if adults still do that, we need to, as adults to understand that children are gonna do this more because they don't have the perspective taking ability that we have, and they don't have the skill of patience, not even in its infancy, okay? And it's around this age, age four, that children are beginning to develop social skills properly. And again, I think this is something that we don't really understand 
um, across our society. I think child development is very misunderstood um, because we don't teach this. Where do we learn about child development? We don't learn about it at school. We don't learn about it anywhere unless you're really seeking it out either in a book or you've trained in a specific child development area you're not going to get this information so here's something that's really key children don't begin to socialize with others in reciprocal ways which means doing to and fro conversation till they're around three and a half so if your child is four even if they're four and a half they're only just beginning to understand social concepts. Everything before now has just been them learning words, but they've not been looking at others to understand things like social cues. They've not been understanding that there is a rhythm to a conversation. They barely had a rhythm in their own sentences. So around four is a beautiful time to begin some of this. And yes, you heard me correctly. I said begin. Because for me, it's really important that you are aware that this is not something that you're going to be able to cement as a skill immediately, okay? Building up patience is a lifelong skill. And this is something we begin around this age, the age where children are beginning to understand socializing, are wanting to communicate and participate in conversations. But it is not the age where it cements. And to me, this is really important because I think as adults, we often have this idea or, you know, motivation to really rush our children along, to build skills as quickly as possible, particularly in areas that frustrate us and make us feel really annoyed. And I think interrupting is definitely one of those areas. But I'd be lying to you if I was going to say to you that what I'm going to share here on this podcast is going to be a really quick fix it's not. This is a practice, a little bit like mindfulness. It's a practice. It's something that you are going to have to do consistently because children are going to interrupt you when you're speaking to another adult, when you're on the phone or when you're working or, you know, when you're chatting to the neighbor for five minutes. And they do this because they don't know that what you're doing is important to you. They don't understand that you have your own feelings and needs. This is again a part of their brain development. It's not that they're rude or that they're selfish. It's simply that their brain cannot comprehend that anybody else can have a different experience to themselves. And this is also because they haven't developed empathy yet. And so we need to be aware of this, right? Children have no buffer for impulse. They have not developed the skill of patience because it's a lifelong one. They've not developed empathy yet. Again, these are beginnings. Small foundations are now at this age, around four, really beginning to happen. But it's a beginning, okay? And when children have a burning need to say something, I want you to know this, they're going to say it. If they have something they really want to say, they're going to say it. So the first thing we need to do is think about you and what you're already doing that can either promote and support patience or actually be teaching your child the opposite. So the first thing that all children do is learn by example and that means that they're observing you all the time and this is kind of like the heaviest responsibility I feel myself as a mother. This idea of my child looking at everything I do all the time and the fact that I know I'm modeling something to her. When I get it right, 
I can feel proud of myself. And when I get it wrong, I think, oh God, I've just modelled something I didn't want to model. But this is really important for us to become aware of, really conscious of, which I don't think we are because as adults, we just function in our own worlds. In many ways, not that far away from how children are, that we actually feel like we know how to socialise and we get it right, but we actually get into little habits. And one of the habits that we often do as adults to children is that we cut them off. As adults, we do often interrupt children. And if they're talking about something, I was telling you a story, so often without even thinking about it, as adults will be like, okay, yeah, but right now I have to go off and do something else. We cut off our child, we interrupt them, we stop them in their tracks. And this is a well-known fact. And if you're listening to this and you think, I don't do that, I am so proud of you. But I know that I do that sometimes even though I'm trying as best as I can to be aware and conscious of it, I still do it to my child sometimes because it's kind of fed into us that children's voices are not important, that what they've got to say is trivial and that our needs and our priorities as adults are a lot more significant and important because they come down to things like working or, you know, talking to somebody about something really important that's happened to them. And that trumps our child's need to tell us that the unicorn they're holding is called bubblegum and it's just done a somersault. So as adults, what we tend to do when a child interrupts with a story like that is we dismiss them and we think, why have you interrupted me? This is really important. But we need to be really aware that if we're frequently cutting off our children when they're speaking or we're interrupting others when they're speaking. So that might be a partner. And that, you know, is something to be really aware of. As a woman, I'm often interrupted by men. This is true. This happens at work, but it also happens in my family life. And if that's the case, then what we're modeling to children is that it's okay to interrupt some people. And it's okay to do this because I've seen adults do it to each other and they do it to me too. So this is really, really important because we're teaching children how it's appropriate to communicate with others. And if what you want to teach your child is good manners, then you need to start with you by showing, first of all, your child good manners when they're speaking, not interjecting on their stories, and when you can, as much as possible, letting them finish what they're going to say before you correct them or you offer your perspective or you tell them you've got something much more important to do. And if you're going to interrupt your child, making sure that you apologise and you do this in a respectful way. So it might sound something like, I'm really sorry, I interrupted you and you were saying something important. Tell me again, I'm listening. If as an adult, you've never said that to your child, I can guarantee that your child is never going to say that back to you, which means when they interrupt you, they're not going to apologise because they don't know that it's something that they should be apologising for. Also, if your child has never heard you say that to another, like your partner, a friend, an extended family member, and there are lots of families where people talk over each other and it's a normal, natural way of communicating. But if that's your family norm, don't be surprised that your child does that too. And if you want to change it, it really begins with you. It begins with you doing some of this modeling, showing your child what is respectful in communication with others and particularly 
with them. And secondly, on this same topic, there are things that you can do to support this skill. And because children learn best through play, my favorite way of practicing this is doing a kind of question and answer game. So this is about giving your child a playful opportunity to practice turn-taking skills with talking. I would also encourage you to do turn-taking skills through games. So playing things like snap or turn-taking when you're cooking or baking or doing any kind of activity where your child does one thing and then you follow up with the next, maybe building a tower, right? Seeing how big you can build this tower, but you each put in a block at a time. And if you're going to play those kind of games with your child, which are about turn-taking, make sure that you're not doing it quickly. Make sure that you're faffing a little bit, that you're slowing it down because you want to build patience. So you want to make sure that what happens is your child learns that sometimes their turn comes very quickly and other times they've got to wait a tiny little bit longer. Now this doesn't mean playing around for a minute. It means an extra few seconds of like finding a different colored block because you don't want to make that color pattern. Doing something that extends the turn taking can be really helpful in building patience. But let's go back to this idea of playing question and answer games with words. So this is a really simple game and it's not really a game, okay? It's just made up. But it works in terms of offering your child the experience of social interaction with turn-taking. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So it starts with you just asking your child a question. It can be something like, what's your favorite toy? And get your child to answer. And then say to your child, ask me a question. Often children will ask you a very similar question. So they might say, what's your favorite toy? And you give an answer. Now, if your child interrupts, what you want to do is offer them a cue so that they learn that it's not okay to interrupt you. So this is a playful game, but you wanna use a special cue. So you can use either a word or a hand signal is even better. So it might just be putting your hand up or it might be touching their hand gently, which might be a very similar cue to what you're going to do in real life. So I like the idea of asking your child to put their hand on your hand or you touching their hand. So some form of touch because it is incredibly connecting. So touch is powerful. And when a child is interrupting or wanting attention, if we offer them touch, what it does is it calms their nervous system. And it also makes them feel like you've seen them because you're now holding them physically 
actually literally holding them. And what they then feel is, okay, my parent knows I'm here and I have something to say. So what you want to do in this game is you talk, your child talks, and when there's an interruption, you do something like this. You take a pause, but you carry on. You finish your sentence and then you quickly finish. And I want you to try and do it quickly. We don't want to wake up, make our children wait and become very frustrated because the waiting is too long. Because one of the most key parts about building patience is that it has to feel good to wait. And for most people, it doesn't feel good to wait because we're waiting too long and that builds frustration. So make sure that this is what you try. You can also do the one where you hold a ball or you hold a small toy. So only if you're holding the ball can you speak or can you say something. And you can sit around a circle and again play a simple like answer question game. It can be any kind of question like where would you like to go on holiday or you know the favorite thing about Christmas or your favorite thing about your birthday or anything like that. And what you do is you pass the ball and only the person who holds the ball is allowed to speak. What we're doing there is giving children a literal understanding of that idea that people only speak one at a time and it helps children pause. But what might happen is they interrupt because what they want to do is get the ball or get the toy so it's their turn to speak. And that's really important that we teach our children how to do that. So in school, they often will put their hand up and you can do that at home too, especially if you have more than one child. You know, as you're doing that, you, they can put their hand up and then you might pass the ball to them because they have something important to say. And we wanna be able to say that to our children. We see you and we want to hear you, but sometimes you need to wait. And this is really important because this is about understanding the nuances of conversation. And that is such a big skill. It is not something four-year-olds have, but it is something that we can help them practice through games like these. And when your child interrupts in real time, I've got some other ideas for you. So when children begin to interrupt a lot in real time, it's really important that we have conversations with our children outside of these times. And I think again, as parents and adults, what we do is we try and teach our children in the moment what to do. And it doesn't work. And in reality, it's not it's not gonna work. Not, not there and then, not if you haven't, as an adult, got a toolkit of ideas that you're gonna put in place or practice. And not if you haven't already spoken to your child outside of these events to explain to them what the rules are. Which is why things like those games that I just mentioned can be so helpful because they give children the opportunity to practice outside of a real world conversation, which makes real world conversations easier to navigate when they have the impulse to interrupt us. So what to do? So first of all, you need to have a conversation with your child outside of this moment. And that conversation has to be about, first of all, when it's okay to interrupt you, because there's gonna be times that are okay for children to interrupt us. Those are times of priority. Those, those are times where your child has a need that has to be met. And as an adult, it is our job to interrupt the conversation we're having with another, whether it's on the phone or face-to-face -face with a friend, a partner, whoever, and say, please, can I take a moment? My child needs me. And this is a phrase that is really important for your child to hear, that you are willing to interrupt conversations for them too. 
This is really important because it shows that you value their voice and that you value their needs and that you understand that there are times where actually your child comes first. And that's okay, by the way. It's absolutely okay. And as an adult myself, I really like it when I'm having a conversation with a friend and what they say to me is, can I call you back in five minutes because my child really needs me right now? And I think, yeah, absolutely. You go for that. I can wait. I'm an adult. I can actually call me tomorrow when your child is not there or whatever it is. It's okay. My conversation can hold. We can actually put each other on hold as adults much more easily and respectfully than we can put our children on hold. And that is something that we need to be aware of as well. So first of all, there is going to be things that you're going to have to say to your child, you can always interrupt me for this. What they are is going to be unique to you and your family, but I'll give you some of mine just to give you some context. So for me, when my daughter needs the toilet, I am always going to be interruptible absolutely you come to me. She knows that. You need the toilet, you come. So the toilet, if she's hungry or if she's hurt, I am always there for her. I don't care what else is happening. I will do my best to stop, whether it's work or phone calls or I don't care what. I'm going to her and she knows it. So those three things are my kind of interruptibles and she is allowed to interrupt me however she likes. Usually it's just by saying, mama, and that's enough. But usually she will come running to me. So I'll know that there's something happening. So those are my three. I don't know what yours will be. Just think about them because you need to name them to your child and say, if it's any of these three things, you can always interrupt my conversations. Now for other things, which you might name as playing or noticing something or me watching you do something. So that happens a lot. My daughter often interrupts because she wants me to witness her doing something. And it's deeply important to her, but actually that can wait, okay? That is not an urgent pressure that I need to give up something for her. And sometimes I will, but I don't always because building patience is a really important skill. So you need to find a way of naming those things and you will know, you will know those things that your child interrupts you for whilst remembering that these little things are still huge things to our children. So what you wanna teach your child is a way of getting your attention without being loud or disruptive. And for me, this is about teaching them a simple gesture that they can use to let you know that they have something to say. So the gesture I use is hold my hand. I ask my child to put her hand on my hand and what I then do is put my hand on hers. Now, if any of you watch Bluey, this was actually in an episode and it made me giggle a lot because this is exactly what we do and I promise I haven't copied it from Bluey, but I love that it's on that show because to me, it's a lovely response of both feeling seen, my child feels seen, and I'm responding by putting my hand on her. I'm saying, I know you're here. I see you. I need a moment. And then I always try and act on her sense of urgency. What does that mean? It means my child's not even four yet. I know she's only going to be able to wait for seconds, not minutes, seconds. So as soon as I can, either the other adult finishes a sentence or I finish my own, I will pause and I will ask the other adult to give me a moment because my child needs me. 
and I will turn to my child, I often will get down to her level and give her full eye contact. I want her to feel completely seen because when we do these small acts, okay, of fully engaging with our children in these moments where they're about to interrupt us, they don't feel the need to interrupt anymore because we're giving them that full attention that they're craving. So I give her full eye contact and I will say to her, what do you need? And she'll tell me. And if it's one of our priorities, we go, we go fast. And if it's not, I often will listen to her and I'll say, that sounds really important, but I'm going to finish this conversation first and then I'm going to come back to you. And to help her with that, I offer her an activity she can do while I'm busy because children struggle to keep themselves entertained when they have something really important to do. So as much as I can, I try and offer her something. Often when she's interrupting, it'll be at the table. And what's happened is she isn't really eating anymore, but we're all conversing as adults. So what I'll ask her to do is to bring some pens and paper, bring them to the table and do some coloring beside me. And she will do that. Or I'll ask her to start setting up something to play with that I'm gonna come and play with her with in a moment. So it might be a jigsaw or it might be a little game or some building blocks. Whatever it is, I'm getting my daughter busy just for a few more minutes before I'm able again to have the urgency to say to the other adults, my child needs you, so I'm gonna have to go. Now this is really hard because I am giving you tools to teach your child not to interrupt. But I'm also not saying that your child is gonna be able to wait five, 10 minutes when you're ready to go to them. Children just don't have that capacity. And if we're thinking about things like school and children interrupting at school, I think these visual gestures are even more key. And it really is up to teachers to find a way of supporting children to do this. Often in a classroom, it's raising their hand. But children are not usually left with a raised hand forever. What tends to happen is, rather than interrupting with their voice, they raise their hand, which gives teachers a visual cue that they need attention. They have something important to say, and teachers will go to the child and talk to them. That would be the best way of supporting a child in a classroom who is interrupting a lot. It's about helping them feel that what they've got to say is important and just helping them build patience in small chunks. So we want to find responses for our children that make them feel acknowledged rather than ignored. And holding at all times our child's short attention span in mind. So for any of these strategies to be effective, you know, the putting the hand up in a classroom or a child coming to hold your hand and you putting your hand over theirs, whatever it is, you could change those gestures, by the way, that is just what I do. Find a gesture that makes sense to you and your child. But for any of those things to be effective, you're going to need to respond to your child verbally within a few minutes of them making that gesture. If you take too long, it is not gonna be effective and it's going to make patience building a lot harder because the one thing that we need to build patience is for waiting to feel good. And for so many of us, waiting does not feel good. So even if by listening to this podcast, you've got to this end and you think, you're telling me I have to wait for my child not to interrupt until they're a lot, lot older than five or six or eight, my answer is yes. And that's how you know that waiting is hard. 
It's really hard as a parent to know that interrupting is not going to stop at age four or age five or maybe age six, that your child might have to be eight or nine or 10 before they're able to not interrupt a social conversation that you're having. And when you become consciously aware that that is really hard for you as an adult, it can become easier to be more compassionate to our children who are not our age, have not got a brain maturity because their brains are still under development. They're not even fully built. They haven't even got buffers for impulse control. And those things are not gonna happen yet. They don't happen until they're around eight years old. So we need to kind of appreciate what our children are going through whilst remembering that all this time we spend doing this, building skills, teaching them things, putting our effort into supporting respectful communication with them, as well as them learning tools so that they can socialize with others in a way that is more appropriate, this time is not wasted. I promise you that all of this, you will reap the benefits in a few years time. But parenting is a long game, so it's not gonna happen overnight. Just remember, keep trying to be consistent, Focus on what you do. Focus on not interrupting your child. Focus on respectfully not interrupting adults around you. And if you do, apologizing so that your child can witness what this looks like. Make sure that you play games that build these skills in a playful way and give your child's tools before it happens. So when it does occur, they know what to do and they have a kind of template that they can follow because they've already practiced it with you. And just keep going back to them. Like children are telling us tiny little things that seem so insignificant. But at the end of the day, what they're really saying is, can you see me? Can you hear me? Am I important enough to you? And so every time that you interrupt your adult conversation to go to your child and you say to your child, I'm listening, I am with you, it reassures children that they are a priority even when you're busy. And I don't want you to worry because I know building social skills is a really slow process. Seriously, all the energy and time you put into this is something that you will reap the benefits of in the long term, as your child keeps growing and developing and they become an adolescent and even an adult, these tools that you're building now in childhood are setting them up for life. So don't worry. I know it takes time. I know it's effortful, but it's definitely worth it. And we're coming to an end. And I always like to give you a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. My mantra for you today is, the behavior I model speak louder than words. If you haven't signed up to my newsletter, I want to encourage you and warmly invite you to do so. I've got some really exciting news and less than two weeks away from sharing it on my first newsletter. You can sign up at drmartapsychologist.com. I wish you a restful end to your week and I hope that you'll join me next time on another episode of Talking Sense. See you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.